Stephen, I've got the weight of the world of supporting You Can't Disappoint a podcast on my shoulders, and I thought maybe, just maybe, to lighten the load on my back, we could give our fellow listeners and enjoyers of You Can't Disappoint a podcast some ways to help us out. What do you think? Well, I'm not normally in the habit of lightening the load on your back, but, you know, if people want to help us, they sure can. How can they do that, Zach? The first way is to support us on Patreon. If you like what we do here and want to help us take it further and get all kinds of extra content, give us money at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. If you don't want to bear the brunt of our debt, you can appreciate the fruit that we bear to you by going and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, Yelp, Google Chrome podcast <laughs> reviewer or whatever you can. And that's going to help us get seen. And the more people see us, the more that we want to be seen and the more that we see you. You can also hang out with us on social media every week over on Facebook, Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast, and Twitter at You Can't Disappoint. Also, go ahead and give a subscribe and thumbs up to our YouTube channel where we also post the podcast every week. If you want to hold our hands as we walk down this community memory lane, you should shoot us an email over at Can't Disappoint Podcast at gmail.com. You can send us your MVP, your favorite funniest moment, and trivia for the episode we're about to record, and we'll read it live on the air. Yeah, we don't do the show live, but nice try, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us, and let's get into this week's podcast. Don't worry. That thing in the cafeteria freaked me out, so I talked to my shrink and she doubled my dosage. What? Jeff, that's insane. I thought so too, but after I took that extra pill, it seemed like a great idea. Jeff, put it on. Go. No, Jeff! Britta, stop arguing. If you have anything else to say, say it in a high-pitched voice while walking backwards. Jeff is in grave danger! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Another round of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Steaming, piping hot, fresh on that little metal... Uh, plane where at restaurants they put finished dishes that are ready to be served. That, on that metal plane, piping hot, is this week's episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, ready for you to dive into. No silverware, though. Order up, you son of a bitch. Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Zach, and I'm an exceptional narcissist and have an unusually high butt crack. Nice. Hi, I'm Steven, and I won the award for <laughs> cleanest room. I don't believe that. Maybe your room's pretty clean now, but um, I've I known you have a into covered in. <laughs> I've known you into your adulthood yeah. to have a room that, at the very least, is a museum to your last ten Uber Eats choices. Yes, I. So I, I recently threw away my bags, but I normally have at least a Wingstop or a McDonald's bag somewhere sitting around. That's why I'm saying I, I'm sure you've gotten better. It's been a little while, but I've even known you in Chicago to... No, yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. My place is totally like that, too. What were we doing? Uh, hi, podcast. Welcome, everyone. So glad you made it. We're glad you make time to listen to us every week. What do you think people... You know, it, there's there's still such a... A mental gap of mm -hmm. I know that people listen to the podcast and seem to enjoy it but to think that people like 
sit down or put in a headphone <laughs> or get in their car and turn on the radio to listen to us chat for a while. What do you think people do while they listen to us? I don't know. I tried to think about it because it still is weird to me. Like, it's too, cool. Like, people. Yeah. Like, okay. I was... I was literally just, like, saying the other day something to Danny, and I was like, yeah, you know, like, you listen. And she's like, you guys, like, actually have people that listen to your show. And I was like, oh, f Yeah. We sure do, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I forget the things that I say are not just to you, Zach. <laughs> well, I know. I know. It feels very small because it's just the two of us. And look, we're still a, a growing podcast network, but we mm -hmm. have enough people that listen every week to not feel bad or to feel grumpy about putting it together every week because – yeah. It seems almost every week when I wake up the morning an episode has come out, the same number of people typically have listened to it already. Wow. Not yeah. Do you brag, think that I any like cut out all that humble bragging? Any like any like surgeons are like on their way to work? That's or, what like, I'm thinking. Any, like, what, what do you like think? airplane? Do you think that anyone is currently flying like a jet plane? Like with a bunch of people on it, and like they're yeah, listening someone to us? right now is flying a jet plane, <laughs> listening to us talk about remedial chaos theory and kind of falling <laughs> and they're kind of falling asleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> while they're driving this plane because sorry guys we're literally just describing what, what's on screen <laughs> and they're they're out five minutes in well that's and i know people listen to podcasts to go to sleep i wonder if anybody's uh drifting off to sleep with us talking about like like being stuck in the placenta and and uh act trivia flavors here's here's a thought zach okay i'm gonna paint you a picture paint. uh you have a married couple they're in their 30s they both know. have one headphone <laughs> both one headphone in and they're like laying down like to go to sleep yeah. at night but then like yeah. one of them starts getting a little frisky oh yeah but they're not gonna like stop and pause well, something on their phone that's all the way in the nightstand every time this happens between you and i we leave our <laughs> podcast playing in the background nothing is more nightmarish to me than an image of us <laughs> listening to our own podcast what do you mean while making sweet sweet love i can't get off unless i'm listening to myself <laughs> Wax While playing a video of our Chevy show Chase. choir performances on the TV. It's like there's six of us. Oh, God. I'm like, call me Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. A shout out at the top of the program to our $10 and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those are Mary Baker Budiza, Stephen's mother, uh, Danny M. Lugo, <laughs> and Melissa LaPena. If you like what we do here, consider supporting us over there. It's the best way to both get a lot more of us in your life every week and to help us take the show a little bit further. But if you pay us and denote it, if you want to give us money to stop the show, if mm -hmm. you think it's it's become a danger to society, yeah, we'll we'll take a little scratch and and stop doing this. <laughs> no problem. It, we our price is lower than you'd think. <laughs> yeah. And a shout out as always to the the daddy whose price is never lower than we think at communities on Twitter, our, our, our proud community papa who supported us from our infancy to our, uh, I, I guess you could say our podcast's legal age. He, he followed us all through those years, but not too closely, respectfully. Yeah. He, uh, he, <laughs> he ushered us in and out of church pews yeah. for various reasons. Baptized yes. us almost mm -hmm. weekly. Yeah, 
he i as i asked I was like at what point am i just bathing <laughs> and he said shh, shh like i've never seen a baptism with this many sponges before <laughs> there were a lot more toys at oh my, my baptism God. than i thought not hey 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 no. i had a loving papa they're yeah, like little rubber duckies like and yeah. a couple of like phallic rods but like it was yeah, all good you can put anything Some matches. on the flip side of a butt plug these days rubber duckies <laughs> little battleships i saw someone just put a game Ugh. boy advance on one so that they can oh my god that's <laughs> great that's yeah isn't that brilliant it's like give me like that. 10 more try not to move <laughs> hold on i'm shiny hunting in pokemon i've never i've never had this high score on tetris before <laughs> so thanks at communities on twitter for supporting our podcast all the time and just being uh all around great guys and community historians they're worth a follow if you haven't gotten them already and Steven, this this is starting real weird. Mm-hmm. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm I'm doing all right. It's 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 the second time that I've I've gotten to hear your your sweet buttery flaky voice. Interesting. I feel like I can see buttery as an adjective for one's voice, but flaky. I don't know if that sounds like. Well, a good okay. Thing. So imagine like you're in your throat, right? Okay. And it's real Easy, buttery and there. smooth, but there's a little sure. bit of like crispiness to it too. Like it's not like a luge going down. It's more <laughs> like like the bad slide at a park where there might be heroin needles like in Jesus the Jesus Christ, Steven. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> That's the flaky. I feel like I asked you how you doing this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is that good a uh, good? Is that I'm a bad? Good. Well, you're you're saying that this is the second time we've talked to each other because it feels like the twentieth, because mm-hmm. this is I think the third of these that we've done in the last six days. Six days, yeah. And after this, will it'll be eight days before we do another one. But oh. uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Do you think that's why we're feeling so weird? I think so. I think we're really like in a in a groove. The more time we spend together. Yeah. the the weirder things tend to get yeah so so it's... you're welcome and i'm sorry but <laughs> you know honestly i think this good mood uh i hope i hope it lasts because we're gonna need it because today we're talking about season three episode 12 of community contemporary impressionists yeah i've got on my good mood undies to try and help me get through this well hopefully by the end of this we can get those right off it hey, was directed yo. by kyle Nuacek, who only other than this episode directed the one before this or the one after this depending on who you ask it's really weird uh he directed urban matrimony and the sandwich arts but i learned that he's not just like a random community staff writer that came on okay. for two episodes and didn't get brought back he is one of the co-creators of the television program workaholics and he played oh. a supporting character named carl on the show oh Wow, I never watched Workaholics. Well, I like these, Workaholics. It's disappointing that these episodes aren't that good. Yeah. I like what them. I'll say is Kyle was on the audio commentary for this episode, and he seems like just a lovely guy. I yeah. loved his demeanor, and it sound, I, I don't know. I really liked listening to him talk about the time he spent on Community. thought it was really cool. I've, I've never really been into Workaholics. I don't really think it's, it's my type of humor. I used to mm-hmm. hate anything adam devine divine was in with a vengeance and i've come around a little bit but i don't know if workaholics is for me maybe i need to give it a a, you know what helped me like workaholics more 
What? When I stopped paying as much attention to Adam Devine and more attention to Blake and Anders. Because sure. they're really f***ing funny. Okay. Especially Anders. He's the really tall one. He's yeah. like really funny. He's not the one with like... He's not the one that was in this episode. Of no, the that's he's, Blake. The, Anders has been in some other stuff that I've watched. He was mm-hmm. a love interest on the Mindy Project for a while. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so Kyle Newichek directed the episode and it was written by... Another person who this is their this is their only writing credit on the entire series of Community, Alex Cooley. Oh, that's uh, yeah, I know him. We uh, used to, you know, at the cages, man. At the it originally aired cages. on March twenty second, two thousand twelve, and yeah, yep, that sounds about right. That's when Alex was talking. He was like, yeah, I just directed this episode of this show. Can't really spill too many deets about it, but it's going to be a, a banger. Then let's went, let's talk about the what baseball. the people are here for, because I know that this isn't. That's not what they're here for. <laughs> they're not if here you, for riveting what, stories about. If the... this is what you're here for, write us in. <laughs> Alex Cooley, if you're out there listening, <laughs> come on the show. Come on, Al. Confirm or deny the stories. So <laughs> before we get into it. what we thought about this week's episode, let's talk about what we learned. I don't know if I have ever had more trivia questions than I have this week. I have seven. Holy snap. I've got four. So why don't you just go ahead and lead us off there, champ? Okay. I was I got to number six and I was like, okay, I'm gonna stop. And then another one presented itself and I, sure. I was not gonna write it down. I'll give you two. We'll just see where this mm-hmm. goes. What did Pierce upgrade his VHS to? Ooh, laser disc. No. No, it was like a something scan. Sorry, all I could think of was laser disc. What it, was it, it actually called? It reminded me of that too. Selectivision CED video disc. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it's still my turn, isn't it? What does Chang have to reprimand the lighter students? Oh, um, a big flashlight. A heavy flashlight. Heavy I'll flashlight. count that. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll Thanks, refer to the judges, but I think but... we'll count that. Um, Go ahead. Give me one. Who played what in the nativity play? I don't know all of the names of her kids, so I don't know if that just counts me out right away. No, go the, for it. Go for the it. The new baby was Jesus. Mm-hmm. Was one of the other children a shepherd? You didn't react. That's weird. Uh, I think... <laughs> That that means either Andre was a shepherd or Andre was Joseph and Shirley was the casting director. You know, you were really close. I'm Tell me give what you it is. Tell me so what it is. Baby Ben was Jesus. Right. Andre okay. was Joseph. And then okay. her son Jordan was a wise man. Was a wise yes, man. Shirley was I was pretty close. Casting. That's yeah. two thirds. Yeah. Or three that's fourths. Sure. That's yeah. three fourths. Seventy five percent. That Solid. got me through at least a year of high school. Seventy five percent. um how much of the school's electricity is from the apartment building across the street 60 percent no it's more than that oh was it 80 percent 80 percent of the school's electricity is being stolen from the apartment building across the street just a bunch of extension cords coming from the other side that's exactly what i think (laughs) um how long does Vinny say the group need to work the event to cover abed's debt that's one of my questions. Oh. It's six hours. Six hours. What brand is Chang's nightstick? Oh, I have no idea. He says to one of the kids, he says, it's a Skull Crusher 2000. Nice. 
top of the line. Um, what is the DJ's name at the bar mitzvah? Phoebe. Phoebe. And it's played by the principal from Phil of the Future. Okay, I thought that was him. Yeah, That's he's in hilarious. some. He's also fake Moby on How I Met Your Mother. Why? Have you ever seen the episode? They like get yeah. in a limo and they think he's Moby is a Moby. musician, but he's referenced more on TV more than I actually know shit about Moby. So the only reason I know who Moby is is because of this and that episode of How I Met Your Mother. But uh, he's played. His a, name's JP Minot. He, he's on. Sorry. He's been on other things too. I forget what. No, what? What, Steven? Moby is on. Uh, so ASAP Rocky had a really good song that he put out, okay. like a single before the album came out. Okay. Then when the album actually came out, the version on there had Moby on the end, and it was dog shit. Okay. Well, Moby's probably. Someone's like. Scraping their testicles against your window? No, there's like a. Some type of aircraft going. Uh, some type of spaceship. I think <laughs> Sir Richard Branson is outside my window going up to space in his spacecraft. Oh, wow. This brings us to our sponsor today. Are you tired of your spacecrafts making too much noise? All well, the time. here do I have your UF Uffler. You put it's this. It's literally just Steven's voice <laughs> screaming at you on a pair of headphones. Don't these people know I'm podcasting? It sounds like they're putting a tree <laughs> through a paper shredder. Yeah. Did it stop? No, it's fading. I can literally see it on my audacity. It's whatever. I've announced it to the people so we can set mm-hmm. it and forget it. I did I do the last question or did you? Um, I, I did. think it's You're talking turn. about Moby. Oh, okay, okay. So you, how many of the bar mitzvah awards are you able to list? There are five. This was my uh, final question. It was, Do you have all five? Yeah, best math student. Yep. Cleanest room. Yep. Coolest skateboard tricks. Yep. Best Halo score. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, most handsome young man. Steven, I would have undoubtedly voted for you for most handsome young man. Oh, thanks. What? Uh, so that was your last question? It so was. So you don't have any more? Okay, my last question for you, what graphic is on Abed's t-shirt? It was cool, so once I read it, I was like, mm-hmm. I hope Steven noticed that. But it doesn't seem like you did. You're, he, he, Steven's really, he, like, put his hands around his neck, and he closed his eyes and, like, went into, like, a fetal-like position. Now he's crying. He's crying and, and naked on his apartment floor. Trying, it's not that real. Do you, I just, you don't, so you don't know what's on his shirt? No. It was, like, a, a graphic of instructions of how to break dance. Oh, yeah, that's... I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his shirt. That's why I was trying to remember it. That was fun. Good yeah. trivia. I don't know if either of us did very well. I think I did okay. You did okay, but I also had two questions that were your questions. Yeah. We're still recording these episodes in a bit of a time bubble. Let's uh, do the time Steven bubble. Steven and I go on our week-long romantic getaway mid-September. This episode that we're recording right now comes out like a week before we leave. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah, so this time next week we'll be together. No, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, as of recording, yeah, we'll be together. Sure. I don't know. So, but See we, you on Sunday. That was going to be a preamble Monday. No. See you, uh, you know, see I'm not ya, You know, it's off. The, the trip's, it's off. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's meet it's me enough. in New York on Christmas Eve. It's enough. New York is nowhere near <laughs> me or you or where we're going. Uh, let's. That was all supposed to be a preamble. Even though we're in a time vacuum today, we mm-hmm. do have a couple of emails to read off from some yeah, we some do. loyal listeners. All right, uh, I'm gonna read this first one first. Okay. Um, this well. is from our dada. Hey pops. Uh, he says hi uh, guys. He prefers dede. Ah, dede. Dede. Thank you, dede. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hi guys. Quick note. The whole Jamie Lee Curtis thing comes from Danny getting a really short haircut and a break from filming episodes. Someone said it made him look like JLC, which I've never seen. Yeah, that all the real fans, all the real fans call her JLC. And the joke stuck. <laughs> My MVP is Troy. He's the glue for the whole episode. Have a I'm great on the one, show, guys. JLC. Yeah, J. You know, JLC was uh, Julia after- Louise. Julia Louis <laughs> Child Curtis. Is that the answer to the question? <laughs> that is. Uh, trivia. Nice. Who does the fish stick maker look like according to Abed? Fish stick maker. I got no idea. I didn't know there was one. Um, name the ways Abed helped the group listed by Troy. Um... He got surely the novel, or no, the DVD. Oh, how Abed helped each of push. them. Yeah. Got got her uh, uh, precious based on the novel pushed by Sapphire, and also pushed the novel by Sapphire, signed by Sapphire. Yes, and I don't know what the other one is. Uh, he w- he came to help Pierce when he was scared Farting. or something. When he forgot how to fart or something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know any other ones. Okay, oh, answers. Those are the only two questions. So, okay. so we nailed Lydia. it. We killed yeah. it. Uh, Thanks, Quincy Dede. Jones is who the stick fish stick maker looks like. I don't like. remember that bit at all. Me neither. Um, mm. And then Pierce farting, and then DVD by Precious, and the novel Push autographed by Sapphire. The DVD is not by Precious. By Precious. It's called <laughs> Gabriel Sidibe had it's very little to do with the, the production. Push by <laughs> Sapphire. <laughs> Yeah, who's the community historian now? <laughs> How do you like Us. me now, Dad? Dede. Dede? <laughs> uh, what? What? Let, let, just rip the Band-Aid off. Is this our next email? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, and now a quick... Word from our sponsor this week, Sildenafil. Sildenafil is used to treat male sexual function problems, impotence or erectile dysfunction, ED. In combination with sexual stimulation, Sildenafil works by increasing blood flow to the penis to help a man get and keep an erection. This drug does not protect against sexually transmitted diseases such as HIV, hepatitis B, gonorrhea, syphilis. Practice safe sex, such as using latex condoms. Consult your doctor or pharmacist for more details. To, oh, that's the subject of this email, is that little commercial. Um, then it says, hello, my wait, little women. Wait, ex- wait, So what you just read was the subject line of an email. <laughs> yes. 
the body of the email um, says, hello, my little women, and then has a picture of Bob Odenkirk saying, my little women, um, and then uh, what looks yeah, like that's a from the film. That's from the film Little Women. Ah, nice. Not the Broadway musical Little Women? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> there is there is a Broadway That's like movie. last year there was the Greta Gerwig Little Women movie with like uh, yeah. Saoirse Ronan and, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, other people. And Bob, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk says Little Women in it. Nice. That's so, the okay, the so there's a picture um, of that. And then there and is they a... Called us Little Women. What looks to be yeah. um, a screenshot that's now been cropped to to be almost like a fortune cookie size line of text. Okay. Um, that is the, it says, Mashugana meaning, okay. pejorative. A person who is nonsensical, silly, or crazy, semicolon. A jackass, noun, 10. So they really hit us with one of those Webster's Dictionary defines. Defines, yeah. Okay, and you didn't say who this email was from, but I'm afraid to ask. This is uh, from our friend over at Peep Review. Okay, so that was a was a fun setup to an email. It hit us with that trivia. What trivia did they send in for us? That's that's everything. That's the entirety of the email. <laughs> What's great is because you like forward me the emails. Yeah. <laughs> in like giant bold text is the subject line. <laughs> <laughs> and then it like says it again in like tiny text and so it's really great i also chose to read the tiny text one uh instead of reading the large letters to prove that you have good eyesight mm-hmm. and don't need glasses well exactly. thanks for the emails i think and if you, uh, wanna... if you or a loved one is suffering from male sexual function problems <laughs> uh go ahead and give sildenafil a try it will Sidnita fill you with joy, and Sidnita fill me, her t- yeah, with uh, you. Tell, uh, uh, that, uh, tell, tell me one more time the name of the product. Sidnita fill. Sidnita lil. Thanks for the email. <laughs> Let's oh. move on to the next thing we've got here. Let's, man, this has gone weird, and I'm here for it. Let's mm. move on to our next segment, Stephen. As always, there is a challenge afoot, and. Maybe you should have taken your Sildnitafil. Sildnitafil. So you could ride don't the challenge. Don't be Sildnitafilly. Stephen, take don't you, you don't, a Sildnitafilly. Don't be silly because it, because it, you're, just, you're just stretching time that's not there. It's time for you to perform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you feel this week about relaying everything that happened in this week's episode, Contemporary Impressionist, in 20 seconds or less? I don't know what happens in the episode, so I don't think I'm going to do well. All right. With that, we're going to, as always, uh, solemnly hold our hats to our heart during the national anthem. That is, did Stephen watch what? the episode Did Stephen watch week? the episode I got him. He forgot. this week? You can't even do that part right. Let's see what happens when the <laughs> clock is on. Three, two, one, go. Jeff's seeing a therapist, and Abed keeps getting celebrity impersonators. But then, because he can't pay for them, they get roped into doing an event where all the study group is a celebrity impersonator. Chang's there, and he gets children to be an army for him so he can take over the school. Um, there's two Michael Jacksons. Abed is losing sense of reality, but he and Troy have an adult conversation, and Troy says, you have to listen to me sometimes. And Abed's kind of sad, but they're Stop. friends, and they love it. 
You did better than I I think you thought you would do. I did. I really like that you didn't waste time on saying who every single person was. Thank you. If you had gotten that um that Abed ends up like holding himself up in the end or whatever, mm-hmm. you could have gotten like a B plus A minus territory. Yeah. I think as it stands th- I almost said B minus, but no, that was a B. That was Thank you. Good. I think that's a, that it's a, a B. D. A D? Thank you. A B. I think it was a B. I, thought, I, think, I think that was a D. Sorry, sometimes I flip around them. And then let's move on to the next thing. Did What? <laughs> when I was like a little kid, like learning how to write, like sure. lowercase B and D were kind of sure. confusing. Everyone in the seventh grade year. Yeah. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, let's talk about, did you have any favorite funny moments this episode? I did have a few, actually. Um, and this is probably in order of how hard I laughed. These are the three things that made me laugh out loud. Okay. The first one was the Dean. Even his shadow. Oh, like, God, that's such a perfect classic community moment. So funny. I didn't even write that one down, but of course that's a flawless moment. Um, and then Britta as white Michael Jackson going... Jeff's in danger. Hee hee. That like was that one, funny. That one that one was good for me. It's funny out of context. Sure. And I, I try to take everything in, in this episode out of context. Okay. Um and then the one that made me laugh the absolute hardest because I used to watch a lot of this show reruns okay. on the Sci-Fi Channel when Ryan Seacrest Jeff, which we'll talk about that. Later, oh sure. When they play the Incredible Hulk piano song <laughs> when he's like on the side of the road. That is so funny. Did that you was watch great. a lot of the Hulk TV show? I did with Lou Ferrigno. It is far better than any Hulk media that exists. See, that's something that would have gone way over my head. Yeah, and uh, I only got it because I'd seen it so many times because there was like every episode ended with him like walking shirtless and in jeans down like, some in road. In shame like, of what he did as the Hulk. It was like and so i travel this is really really funny interesting mm-hmm. uh did you, was that it do you have another one no that's it especially it was really funny because lou ferrigno like they didn't use any like cg it was like the 80s yeah it was two he different was just dudes. a buff guy yeah and yeah. so they just like okay buff guy you're green now and he was like i'm the hulk and it's like okay now yeah, you're normal you're just the a hulk, different but you're white not the guy. guy that we just saw <laughs> it's great I wrote down four things that were, like, little things that gave me a belly laugh. Yeah. Uh, One was when Chang has a really shittily put-together booth where he's trying to get people (laughs) to join the force, like, in the cafeteria. Yeah. he's like, come on, you'll see the world. And then he's like, okay, you won't see the world, but come on, like, really (laughs) aggressively. Like, I I don't know. I like that turn of phrase. If I'm being honest, a lot of the things that made me laugh really hard in this episode came from Chang. Yeah. Um, another The second thing that I wrote down is also a Chang thing. I love how in the end tag, it's just this really dramatic, like the flag waving and all of his like adornments. <laughs> and then what makes me laugh so hard is that it's the cut and it's like six kids. It's like six kids. <laughs> and they're all like, uh, yeah. <laughs> another thing that made me laugh was in the beginning of the episode, Jeff mentioning that he has a psychiatrist and... Britta saying hello and Jeff saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And the last thing I wrote was the old lady coming up to Troy and saying, I was so sorry to hear of your passing. Me too. 
<laughs> that was really good as well. Uh, so I guess that's a good segue into talking about what we thought about the episode because I think, okay, we're in really good moods, but I mm-hmm. think this is a pretty disappointing episode of Community. I think this isn't a very good episode at all. Last week we talked about urban matrimony and kind of shat all over it. Mm-hmm. I think this one... I'll start by saying I think this one is more offensively bad than that episode was yes. because I feel like that episode didn't really swing for a lot and s- missed anyway. <laughs> this episode I feel like was swinging for several things, some of them kind of big swings and some of them pretty big misses, I think. So I yeah, think I that's think- pretty disappointing. I think this episode is funnier than the one last time. That's my flip side because I earlier I said taking a moment out of context. And this episode has probably a dozen really, really funny moments that would go great on a community out of context Twitter. Mm-hmm. But taken into context, it it's hard to overlook the stuff that doesn't work about this episode and just take what's funny about it. But there are some things that are really, really funny about it. Yeah. But it's still not good. <laughs> I why thought do you this th- kind of why do you think that? I I just think that in this episode, there's like I now I now I will say that I like this episode more than the one last week, last time. I don't know, but mostly because of some Troy stuff that okay. I think was good that they did. Okay. But like you said, they just missed so hard on so many things this episode. I don't like the chain taking over the school thing. And this is the start of that whole nonsense. This is the the start start of that. This is the direct start of that specific plot line, Mm -hmm. you know. But in this episode, I laughed so hard at every choice Ken Jong made in this one. That it made me almost think... Am I going to think now that the Chang stuff later on is crazy enough that at least it's really funny? Because I sure hope so. I hope so. I I don't remember it very fondly at all. But I think to a point watching the show before, I was a little more invested in like the real like character relationships on the episode Mm -hmm. on on the show. And now I, I love that about it. And when it mixes that with the jokes it's transcendent but i'm also pretty down for an episode of community that's just the jokes too yeah uh this episode we'll we'll dive into it i feel like there's a lot to dive into and you mentioned that you think it has some good choice stuff i even think that it kind of myths the choice stuff because of what it's based around well i think it's a really it, good really idea Abed in this episode that's i do what, too i think they really do Abed poorly yeah let's because let's Abed, just they just erase all the growth i mean they do the same with jeff but jeff loses his growth on a bi-weekly basis on this show <laughs> totally. but but i was really like that's what i think bothers me the most about this episode is just abed the entire time is more reverted than like the first episode of the show because even then abed mm. showed compassion and care and like acknowledgement of things in the real world like even though he can well, like disassociate and go into like total fantasy let's let's put a pin in this because i think when we get to that part of the episode i think there's a lot to unpack and a lot mm-hmm. to talk about because i do think they do it wrong and the end result didn't leave a good taste in my mm-hmm. mouth but at the same time i feel like this is the first episode since maybe even 
the episode, like the third episode of the show when Abed's dad was mm-hmm. trying to learn how to communicate with him, that really seems to dive into Abed's neurodivergence. Yeah. But, so I I was really excited for that because I think that's an interesting part of Abed that they don't make it the entirety of his character like sure. they do on, on shows like The Big Bang Theory, you know. It, it's We don't need to be talking about it all the time. We don't need to go back to it every week, but... I think it's important when they do that they do it right and they do it with a lot of respect. And I think I'm not sure what they were. I'm not sure what they were trying to say or what they were trying to do. And I don't think it comes out very well. Let's dive into it. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. A blue skidoo. We get such a wild episode about uh, celebrity impersonators. Another thing, we talked a little bit last week about how that episode, the Shirley's Wedding episode, was supposed to come after this one. Mm-hmm. And it's really evident when this episode starts with, oh, there's been a break and we're all happy to see each other again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, but what I will say, they said on the commentary that the reason that they made that switch was a creative decision because community was was scrapped for a while and it got brought back and they thought it was uh, an opportunity to maybe get some new audience members some new people on the show when it got brought back and they Mm. thought that the episode that was all of the characters being a little more true to themselves in a wedding that takes place all at the school would be a better perhaps first episode for new viewers than this episode where it's uh, all the celebrity impersonators and all the characters are pretending to be someone else instead of like being themselves. And I kind of agree with that. I think as much as a seasoned community viewer I wasn't crazy about last week's, I could see why some of your uh, uh, less analytical TV viewers would turn it on and say, this show's really cute. Mm-hmm. So the episode starts with it's after a break and everyone's hugging each other. Everyone's saying hi to each other. This is something that the show does all the time, like at least twice a season. Mm-hmm. They all talk about their breaks a little bit. And I thought this opening scene was pretty funny. Yeah, it was fine. It was nice. I liked we had talked about Shirley's nativity situation and how her family was was the top of the bill on it, but she was the casting director. So that makes a lot of sense. Why. Yeah, I thought that was a really funny bit. I even thought Chevy's delivery and Pierce's line about digitizing his movie collection to some weird format that nobody's ever heard of and that certainly won't stand the test of time. I thought that was pretty cool. Um uh, Britta being really excited about uh, psychology, I I think that almost the 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 crux of not liking what they do with Britta's character is the way that her interest in psychology is poo pooed by everyone and is never given any yeah. type of like, well, if you're passionate about this, let's see you get good at this. It's always just like, but you suck. You're not going to be good at that. Exactly. Uh, and I didn't think this episode did that too badly, really. I get why no. Jeff wouldn't go to Britta for psychiatric help. It's not really yeah. poo-pooing her. It's, it, there's some conflict of interest there. They did try to marry each other in the <laughs> Last before week, this yeah. <laughs> Britta, for her class, she gets to analyze and diagnose a classmate as a project. That seems like a very Greendale assignment that definitely wouldn't fly in actual college, like telling your classmate that they're like bipolar or something and 
I don't know. I feel like that could, someone could get really offended in a situation like that. Oh, for sure. Almost if people that 100%. aren't looking for a diagnosis <laughs> yeah. are diagnosed by people, mm-hmm. whether it's right or not. I really, really liked... Okay, so this episode focuses a lot on Jeff. And I, as, much, as much as I don't like some of the stuff they do with Abed in this episode, I loathe so much of what they do with Jeff in this episode. I but think it's, that it's fair to say that I dislike almost every decision that was made regarding Jeff in this episode. <laughs> well, you know what I'll say? I I, like I really shirt. went in, <laughs> Yeah, I really went into this episode wanting to give it the benefit of the doubt because I remembered not liking it. I remembered maybe even calling it my least favorite episode you of did. the first 3 seasons. Uh and I, so I wanted to like it. I wanted to find something I didn't see in it. And I'll be honest, I think in some ways maybe I did. I think Jeff's storyline doesn't really bother me until the end when it blows up. Mm-hmm. But because of where it goes, it kind of ruins all the rest of it too. Yeah. Uh, but what, I, I, what I'll say is I think this is one of Joel McHale's better episodes this season sure. so far. Uh, even though I hate what they're doing with the character, I think it's a, a difficult storyline to pull off. And I think Joel does a really good job with it. I he think plays he it really well. delivers it about as perfectly as you could expect. So especially this opening bit with Jeff and then him in the hallway with the Dean, I think is really, really great. When he walks in and just says hello and everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> and there's just this new energy, this new confident, mm-hmm. like especially confident, like overt sexuality about Jeff. And yeah, everyone notices it, and he's like, "I, you guys might have noticed my new swagger." I'll explain. <laughs> I really liked the way that Joel delivered these lines. I thought yeah. it was funny. And then the hello, hello between Jeff and Britta when Britta's offended that he didn't come to her for mental health <laughs> help. I thought that was really well delivered. And Jeff's demeanor this whole episode, the confident uh, pill-addled uh, confidence that mm-hmm. Jeff has, I think it's pretty evident from the beginning, and it gets bigger and bigger throughout the episode. And I think Joel sells that part of it really, really well. He does sell it. I don't – we'll talk about it I just it don't like the there. writing. I don't like yeah. what they do with it at the end. He does some stuff that is – sexual assault <laughs> and then yeah not he, okay. he like he sexually assaults a whole crowd kind of and <laughs> i uh, and it's not okay and this show has disappointed me a lot of times that they do certain things with characters and then let them get away from it without even a conversation mm-hmm. that they're not like well jeff yeah you were going through this but what you did at that party was deeply f- up or or yeah. that time you hand or like how how he threatened them all with an axe in the first episode and it was really dark and then now they just like make little tiny jokes about it sometimes there should be some type of like we did this for a bigger reason yeah i don't think it always feels that way but that's the end of the episode we're at the beginning and my point is that i think joel performs really well in this episode true i think much like someone like jason bateman on arrested development can get a short stick of the other characters are so broad mm-hmm. and funny that you it's it's easy to lose sight of how much work the quote unquote like straight man of the group really has sure. to do to make all to if everyone's so broad you have to it's a mess but but mm-hmm. with the straight man 
I don't know. I, I, I just think Joel does really, really good work, and it's easy to overlook when you spend a lot of time focusing on Abed and you focus on Troy and you focus on Pierce. Yeah. Uh, I, or the Dean or Chang. I think Joel is really good in this episode. I just hate what – I just hate Jeff in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think about the way – so this kind of starts the beginning of it where Britta sets up a thing – that she's just because she's trying to diagnose people for her class she is worried that jeff's ego is inflating and that kind of becomes the beginning of jeff's runner where his ego is inflating and it goes on to become like visually represented how do you feel about that in the episode i don't think that the bit is or that as far as it goes with it, like it's fine visual representation, but the joke of it, like it should be a balloon, but it's an apple. Eh. Oh, I think that's kind of funny. It's funny the first time, but I don't know okay. if it's funny throughout okay. the whole thing. Well, that's in a little bit. We get the introduction to honestly, the main subplot of the episode here and something that I really don't care a lot for in this episode, the celebrity impersonation of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it shows up here where, Abed is like chased into the study room by uh, an officer. I don't, I don't know, or something. I don't know what actor or character he's supposed to be, but I think it's clear that the film is the fugitive that they're yeah. acting out. But I, I don't really, I don't really know who he's supposed to be. Do you know? Because I don't know who played the cop in the fugitive. I don't either. I, I think. Another thing, so Abed, what they do with this character later in the episode is a little problematic, but just like Joel, I think Danny, as always, is par for the course. It's fun to see Abed having so much fun in his eyes while acting out these movie scenes with all the impersonators. Just the idea, it just brings up so many questions of... Does Abed have a job? Where is he getting all this money? What is this agency that has all of these super obscure <laughs> actors and characters? Yeah. It, it, it's just so far removed from reality, and it's also not funny enough to forgive that. Exactly. I think that it's – there's a different way to do a similar story. It doesn't have to be like – I could see something where the gang ends up having to – having to do like celebrity impersonations for some bar mitzvah or something i could see you know they could work a way to get roped into that that's not this yeah it it feels very strange and let's talk about troy for a second because now in this opening scene we get his plot line kind of introduced troy does have i don't know this episode's best shot at a a good emotional through line in the episode Mm -hmm. with troy and i really like that Troy is really solid throughout almost the entire episode that, sure, what Abed is doing right now is a little extravagant, but Abed does a lot for us, and he is different, and it takes a lot for him to get so excited and passionate about something. So so let's not jump to conclusions as soon as it becomes slightly inconvenient to us. And I think that's really nice of Troy, and then I also like that the show – uh, it shows us that there's a breaking point to that as well. I well, think and that's I think decent on like after the first time I watched this episode, what I started noticing is that Troy's kind of a little bit on edge the whole time. Yeah, you know, I think that he's probably been defending he's saying Abed it, to but everybody. He's projecting, yeah, or to himself. He's doing yeah, saying and it to, to himself. himself. 
because he's around Abed all the time. And so he sees this stuff going on. And at some point, you know, Troy is maturing a little bit from where he was. He still is the same person at heart, but he also, I think, has taken a lot more responsibility for things. And he's now seeing that Abed isn't taking any responsibility for things. And that starts to push him, I think, a little bit over the edge. Yeah. Yeah. I do really like whenever the gang, especially Annie in this uh, little bit, how she's intervention, intervention, the way that they're just (laughs) so, if they get a chance to gaslight one of the other six, that's a good day for them. They're going to do it. It doesn't matter really why. They're just ready to hop into it. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, Abed's still being chased around. And it is funny because Abed's being chased around the <laughs> campus by someone with a gun. So Chang takes it seriously as a security guard who's always looking for action. And he has a tranquilizer or something yeah. that he shoots. And thankfully, it hits a window and shatters the window, which is a really cool like visual. You don't often... It's Mm-mm. a sitcom, so the sets are pretty static. So whenever something happens that appears yeah. to actually break something, it's kind of funny. Uh, and, and my favorite part about this is obviously... Jeff is like, Chang, they're, they're acting. This isn't real. And I like the way that Chang says when they, like, reference the the gun that he has. He's like, I've got a friend at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> I like that's what his thought is. That it's not like, what? I was scared. He's like, I've got this because I've got a friend at the He's zoo. Like, yo. <laughs> and that's the first we see Chang, I guess. And I think Chang... Especially Ken Jong, I think since he doesn't get a lot every episode, I think Ken Jong puts a lot into what his physicality sure. is going to be and how he's going to say the lines. And I think this episode with Chang and with another character that we just get a little bit of does it really, really well. I think mm-hmm. Ken Jong is so funny. Uh, even right after the theme song, he, the way he runs into the dean's office and the little scene that they get, uh, Chang is so. His physicality in this episode really stood out to me. He's really tense. The way Ken uses his hands and his fingers throughout the episode and his arms it's is great. really funny. Like the even he's that, saluting the dean. Well, and he like salutes, but his hand like keeps shaking. So you can tell he's so like amped right now. Yeah. The dean is chastising him obviously for like the for the for the big thing that he 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 just did. He just busted a window and the dean is frustrated because the school is so broke and can't deal with any of this and they're even to the point like we talked about that they're stealing electricity from the apartment building across <laughs> the street we don't get near enough dean pelton in this episode but that line is such a funny perfect like greendale yeah obscurity just like the money for the water fountain or the 90s ATM machine that partnered with. It's just so perfect. Of course, Greendale has to steal electricity from the apartment building yeah. across the street to keep its lights on. <laughs> if anything, maybe that's why season three is so much brighter than the other seasons <laughs> because the school is more brightly lit because they're stealing electricity now. <laughs> What did you think about this? Uh, Chang's Renee Zellweger pouty face and the thing between him and the Dean. Did you think so this funny. Bit was funny? Yeah. I think so too. Man, Ken Jong again, doesn't always... He's so crazy all the time that it's easy to not give him credit for how many thoughtful choices he puts into the, 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 the decisions he makes. You know, it's really <clears> silly, but I, I'm sure he thinks about this forever, like how his face is going to look and how he's going to move his body. Yeah. And just like the Dean making all of his line deliveries seem so effortless. I think, man, this cast is just so good that even when an episode stinks, they uh, agree, yeah. they're all great. The Dean says that Chang can have more officers and he'll give them college credit for it since they can't pay him. And I like the way the Dean delivers his 
Uh, well, just give him a credit in something stupid like home ec or, or, or math. <laughs> and then the little like army routine that Chang so makes funny. up as he exits the room, he like takes a couple steps, he's like, oh, ah, hey, and like keeps saluting and like marching out the and, room. Like, I'm it's, sure that was something that Ken probably put in there. It yeah, seems like it's like know. Chang has watched ROTC kids once, <laughs> and he's basing this off of that. Something I've got to point out in this next scene. Jeff in the first scene had stubble. We don't see Jeff with stubble very often. Yeah. That was because of something else Joel was filming. In this scene, Jeff's stubble is fake. Look at that. Yeah, it's it darker. Like it's a whole it's airbrushy. It's fake. And uh, it, it's it's because they needed him to have it for continuity, and then he doesn't have it like he's shaved when he's Ryan Seacrest later. But once you once you notice that Jeff's stubble is fake in this scene, it's the only thing I can look at. That's really bad. Yeah. Britta confronts Jeff and really builds up that uh, she's worried about him because these pills could make him make him so inflated of an ego that he's gonna have like a like the opposite of an ego death, I guess, where he's gonna just have a breakdown. Yeah. Steven, this is where she introduces the the apple as a visual for his ego that's expanding and will explode. And Jeff is like, "Why an apple? It would be a balloon." What is what what's what's your beef with this bit, bro? Nothing. I think this is funny. I just don't know that I needed the apple behind Jeff's eye constantly expanding throughout the episode. No, I kind of liked it, man. That's okay. I kind of liked it, man. And in this scene, I really like a couple things, actually. I, I do not like this episode. Don't don't be fooled. I'm not talking don't myself into liking it. Don't be fooled radio, the TV, or the magazine. It's because <laughs> there's a lot of really funny moments in this episode, a lot of really funny character beats, which makes me think, even though this episode was a one-time writer, it doesn't feel not like community in the way the episode before it did. I agree. It, there's a lot of quips that feel like community that make it worthwhile, but it takes some big swing and misses in the second half of the episode. Mm-hmm. And really, pretty much everything, like there are a couple things I don't like before it but pretty much everything once they get to the bar mitzvah yeah is not a a no-go but this scene i even think it's funny how uh uh well gillian's delivery is just perfect her her demeanor is britta how anxious britta comes off her that she's so like bug-eyed as she's trying to explain all this to jeff i think is really good and then we get like the opposite of a shut up leonard because jeff is is so inflated on his ego that he's being nice to everyone. And well, he, and that's like, the thing. Thanks, is, is a, Leonard, for is his a, service. Yeah, a, like a confident Jeff can't be is belittled by, by Leonard because Leonard sure. kind of feeds off of his insecurities. And then sure. Jeff usually bites back. But they can get along just fine if Jeff is, like, secure. Sure. Classic fit in this episode jeff is so confident that he thinks he can pull off aviators right now <laughs> and first i love that even britta is taken by it a little bit jeff's like i look good in him don't i and britta's like that's not the point <laughs> the way that she delivered that was really funny and then the dean walks in and man oh. this might just be 
Jim Rash's best moment on the series so far? I think it is. He walks and as soon he walks up <laughs> towards them, like talking, like in his stride. And as soon as Jeff turns around and he sees him, he falls backwards <laughs> onto the ground. He can't help it. And then all the decisions that Jim Rash makes here are so funny. All of the different like. He starts like convulsing on yeah. the floor. His jaw never shuts. It's just this drawed shot, and the, even his shadow. Look at his shadow. <laughs> I feel like so much of this was improv that Jim Rash just came up with, and I like how at the end of this he like climaxes. Yeah, no, he, totally. He, he goes and like and like stretches out. He goes like, and then he like leans back, and it's just <laughs> such a beautiful physical acting so performance funny. from Jim Rash. It is so, so funny. It's such a shame that such a funny moment is in such a meh episode because that's one of the funniest moments of the entire series. It's so good. So, so good. Maybe the Dean should have been at the bar mitzvah. That would have been funny. Who could he have been? He could have also shown up as Moby and exactly. the could have fought before that guy ends up replacing him later in the season. Mm-hmm. We should have written this show. We really could. We, I'm sure overall it would have been way worse, but we have a couple good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> we do. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the school, Chang is trying to get people to sign up for Greendale Security. And I like how he's both not tried at all with, like, the banner for his little lemonade stand style thing, but he's come up with his own uh, Uncle Sam posters where yeah. he's the one pointing, I want you for Greendale Security. And it, it's not taking off very well. Well, I, I like, like you said, how little effort is into, like, the Charlie Brown style, like, therapist yes. stand that he's got. But I he also took the time post, to take that picture, make those. I print that one red in post color. might be, like, a hockey stick. It looks like it. <laughs> There's, like, packing tape just wrapped around it. Not even, yeah. like, duct tape or anything solid. Like, nope, just, just tape. I thought Ken's delivery of the line, how it turns on itself from, come on, if you sign up, you'll see the world. Well, you won't see the world, but come on! I thought so that was funny. really funny. It's it's Arrested Developmentian. Mm-hmm. And then in the cafeteria, the A-plot really begins with the appearance of Vinny, uh, a, a uh, uh, out-of-work French Stewart impersonator who has mm-hmm. become the mafia lord of all of the impersonators. And Vinny is, of course, played by French Stewart, mm-hmm. which is funny, funny that that uh, they were talking on the commentary, Dan was like, it, it was really great of French Stewart to show up and do this because he's kind of like making fun of himself a little bit. Yeah. And it, it's not any actor's like dream job to play a guy who used to impersonate him. French Stewart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good on French Stewart. I think Also, how often did anyone need a French Stewart impersonator? Well, I think they just took whoever they could get. Sure. But there are so many weird choices of which celebrities are being impersonated in this episode because mm-hmm. once we get to the uh once we get to the bar mitzvah it it's a lot of celebrities that the men writing this show in their 30s and 40s would know not sure. kids in their young teens like well, what the kids going to be excited about bono lamas. and lorenzo and the reason uh, i know lorenzo lamas is because he's in so many um b movies on the sci-fi channel what was fat brando like more Marlon kids Brando. gonna be like Boogie Nights? There's literally a kid that's like Boogie Nights. Who <laughs> yeah. other than me would have ever done that? <laughs> literally, what kid knows Burt Reynolds specifically from Boogie Boogie Nights? Also, yeah. 
as much as I like that French Stewart plays a guy that used to impersonate him, the mafia angle of this episode is one of the things that just takes it too far into ridiculousness. We, Like you said, we could have gotten the study group to celebrity impersonate for Abed at a bar mitzvah without this weird, like, we're going to break his legs if he doesn't. Yeah, I really didn't like that at all. I also, like, they didn't lean... Because they just kind of, like, half-heartedly did the mafia things. It's just him who's in his velour tracksuit doing his thing. But that's it. Like, you don't ever see the henchmen. or don't do it. The other, like, impersonators don't seem to be, like, angry or, like, know about it or anything like that. Well, it reminds me... I I talk about Arrested Development a lot lately, but that show really perfectly did the bit where... uh, Michael's riding his bike to work and this limo pulls up to him and I really like it's like the the magician mafia but he yeah. like he rolls down the window and pulls up to Michael on his bike in this limo and he's he rolls down rolls down the window and is like come with me if you care about your brother and he's like which brother they're like Joe and Michael starts driving his bike further yeah. down the street <laughs> like stuff like that is like I don't I don't know you're like it's so ridiculous and unbelievable that there would be a magician mafia, but Arrested Development makes they committed it, to it. it. They make it. They make it in the world of Arrested Development. There are people who would take this seriously enough for there to be a magician mafia, and mm-hmm. the community in this episode doesn't quite do that. No. There are a couple funny bits though. I like when he infl- this is the first apple. I like mm-hmm. I almost wish we wouldn't have gotten the first apple until we were at the bar mitzvah. If it just started when he was there and he was really getting a lot of attention. But mm-hmm. the way that he So the show's made Ryan Seacrest jokes before because Joel and Ryan Seacrest were both on E and there was a little bit of a rivalry between the two of them, between Mm -hmm. the soup and whatever Ryan Seacrest was doing. And the way that inflates Jeff's ego and you just hear him saying, you're more handsome than the guy famous for being handsome. I thought that was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah. And all of Joel's faces, like there's no real world to it, but all of Joel's facial expressions are good. I think he sold this as well as he needed to for the graphics to not be completely out of left field like the ones last week were. Yeah. So Vinny uh, gets them to agree to be different celebrities and to show up for this event. I also like that they don't make it super clear that it's a bar mitzvah until they get there because, of course, it's for a bar mitzvah. They're just like, we need you for this event for six hours. Uh, A couple funny bits like with Vinny and Pierce – Pierce saying he's Burt Reynolds and Vinny saying he's Fat Brando, but I I feel like you can tell that Chevy did not like this joke. Oh, I don't think he did at all. He like says it through gritted teeth. Let's have a quick round of Chevy watch. Uh, <laughs> well, we're not ep- gonna see him again for a while. Well, we'll see him at the bar mitzvah. This show, this episode. Well, I'll say Chevy has a couple of one-liners in the group scenes that are funny. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a a a, a like e plot. That's just him where he's trying to get into the event and and has to like sell out his morals of what celebrity he thinks he looks like that. That was kind of funny. Good, Yeah, it does a good job of keeping Chevy away from everyone. And he's pretty funny in it. And the workaholics guy has a cool little cameo in it, too. I yeah. think as far as season three, we're to the point where Pierce is a smaller character than Chang and the Dean, really. I thought yeah. this one was fine. I, I enjoyed the Chevy watch this week. Yeah, I know. I was noticing that he wasn't, you know, with anyone else, but They talked fine. about in the commentary, 
it was interesting in the commentary because the episode before this, they were like, we're a day from finding out if we got season four or not. This episode, they were talking about, well, we found out we got season four and it's going to be 13 episodes, but Dan Harmon's still there and he's still on the commentary. So it's, they've been renewed for season four, but Dan hasn't been fired yet. And I, it's really interesting to like, listen to, I don't know. It, it's yeah. a little bit of television history. So when they record the commentary, do they record them all at the end of the season or do they do them weekly? Or like, do they do them after finishing an episode? It seems like for the first two seasons, they did the commentaries like while they were working on the next season. But this one, it seems like they did it after filming the season before filming season four. Okay. But I'm not totally sure. Does it seem like they're on different days? Yeah, because it's different people. I think it's probably they're doing something on set and people that aren't needed on set go do a commentary really quick, probably. Nice. But I, I don't know for sure. They they only make small references to like what's going on in the real world. And that's mm-hmm. when I get really interested in like hearing what they're talking yeah. about. Because I know what's about to come up. Do you think that all of the the celebrities that the study group will go on to dress up as that they're assigned in this, do you think they're all good? Do you think it's a little too on the nose that Shirley is Oprah? Yeah, but they were kind of limited with... What do you Here's what I'll say. I think they are limited in this episode with what they were going to come up with because none of them are that inspired. Okay. The only one that I think is actually funny is... Inspired is is Britta? Well, I was going to say Danny Pudi. Yeah, Britta and Abed are the two. I mean, the... Yeah. So Abed leaves the table and Annie... Quincy Jones. Yeah, <laughs> and Annie—they're uh, just—I don't know—they're all ready to start an intervention. They're all ready to make Abed feel bad. Three grand is a lot of money trouble. to be. It is a lot of money. I get that. Yeah, I, I just have trouble taking any of this seriously. Sure, because in a realistic situation, his friends would be like Abed. How do you have that much dollars. money? That's not good. Yeah. Well, because Abed even says, I don't have three grand. And Troy is still just defending him and trying to get everyone to go along with it. And he does. I like this, that Troy is starting to become more someone in the study group that will be listened to. Mm-hmm, which I really like. I really like that, too. He is really kind of the one who talks them in to going and helping out Abed because he he reminds each of them the ways that Abed has been uh, so helpful for them. And he has. And Abed's a good friend. And they can be a better friend to Abed. But it's you're right. It's not like what they're worried about is totally out of line. No, and I think that Annie has a point where she's like, every time Abed, you know, has an issue, we can't just all dress up and, you know, make it go away for him. And I think yeah. that that's a true thing too, because Annie's had some growing up over the last season and a half, two seasons, right? So it's just I been think so that both she and Troy... with a lot of characters. I feel like it's always one step forward a couple steps back in a few episodes especially with someone like annie with mm-hmm. someone like jeff with someone like britta i think they do a pretty good job with troy of turning yeah troy's has been man. steady uh, everyone leaves but troy and for whatever reason troy's the one that Vinny decides to tell that if this doesn't go the way that it needs to go that they'll break abed's legs again we said what we needed to say about the mafia thing the threat never feels real enough to take it seriously or to laugh that hard about it because it's not that broad either uh it just is kind of one of the things that falls a little flat in this episode. There's a commercial, and afterwards we're at the bar mitzvah, and initially 
it's funny because the first glimpse of this Hollywood bar mitzvah focused on this kid named Howie and our first glimpse of all the study group members in their costumes is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. You see Britta as Michael Jackson, you're going to laugh. You see yeah. Troy as Michael Jackson as a child and you're going to laugh. It, 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 it is funny. It would have been harder to costume, but I think they should have done Anne Hathaway, not um, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost forgot that that's what Annie was. Yeah, they really make a lot of jokes about it. No, I I feel awful. I just forgot. Oh, Judy Gar- Julie Garland, Judy, Judy Garland, Judy Garland. There we go. Jeff shows up to Britta, and Jeff should have known that this would just trigger Britta. He's like, "Oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm taking double my meds now because I was feeling a little anxious." <laughs> and Britta's so scared about it, really worried about Jeff, and it, it's gonna. This is gonna set up. That joke that you quoted earlier that I don't like because of the way it's set up, uh, where Britta Moon walks away and says, Justin Grave Danger, hee <laughs> hee. I, I just feel like if Britta is actually concerned about her friend, that's not what she would have said. No, of course not. I don't know. It just feels like a funny, out of context moment that isn't very funny or plausible in context for like these characters and their motivation. And it's one of many in this half of the episode, and it is what it is. Now we've got uh, Pierce's scene with the guy from Workaholics. What's his name? Blake Anderson. Okay. I think he's a pretty funny little counterpart for Chevy in this scene. And I'll be honest, Chevy with that mustache does look quite a bit like an older Burt Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. I give it to him. But of course he's not on the list dressed up as Burt Reynolds, and it's kind of similar to several other episodes where there's a situation that keeps Pierce on his own where he's trying to get in where everyone else is and he can't quite get in. Uh, but yeah. I like that Pierce It's kind of sad because he decides, okay, to get in and not spend the night by myself, I'll take off the hat and I'll take off the mustache and I'll be fat Brando. Mm-hmm. And do you think that's the way Chevy feels whenever he decides to put his feelings behind him and go be Pierce Hawthorne? I don't know if... <laughs> Chevy. Not saying poor Chevy. Uh, definitely not yeah. saying poor Chevy. I think that he definitely is like, I don't like this, but it's a paycheck and I'm on TV, so I'll put up with it. Then he like turns right back around wearing the same shirt, and there's not even like a, aren't you the guy that I just turned around? He's like, oh, yeah. fat Brando. Could, well, <laughs> Pierce says, uh, Brando could be under fat. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course. Get on in there. This 13-year-old is going to be so excited to see fat Brando. <laughs> yeah, what the- 13-year-old kid who's having his bar mitzvah is like, oh, I'm a big Godfather fan. Another thing I don't like about Abed in this episode is that he, and I guess it's the point because there's going to be conflict later, but that Abed is just in no way at all thinking about uh, what he owes and the punishment and why he's there and that he just is continuing on the flight of fancy. And I get that that's the point. So don't come at me for saying that's not a good reason to not love this plot line. I just, based off of what we usually see from Abed, I don't totally buy it. Well, but here's the thing is I think it's a very valid reason to not like the plot line because one, like you said, he's not paying attention to the fact that he owes a lot of money and that his friends are doing something for him. Abed isn't oblivious to that. And um, he never also, does come around in the episode either. We never see that. No. It just, he just keeps going farther into his own head. Well, and the thing is, Abed's not even like normally, right? Abed would be so excited to get to play a character and get to just become a character for a night. 
Yeah. Especially one that he's doing like Jamie Lee Curtis. Like that's several roles of hers that he could pull from and be excited about. But he doesn't even play Jamie Lee Curtis. He's just walking around as Abed dresses yeah. her. And I think that's totally out of character. So because of this, it, it, all of the... All of the like drama that they try to build around Vinny being like Abed's out of his quadrant. He's interacting with people he wasn't in movies with, and we've got to get that taken care of so they can make the money so he doesn't get his legs broken. He's not going to get his legs broken, and if he does, it's not going to matter by the next episode. And well, it's not well, that funny at this point either. I don't know, man. This is this is I. The first half of the episode is pretty funny. But mm-hmm. it's a mess from here on out. And I, I don't know if it's just me. Uh, uh, clearly, it's not just me because you feel the same way. Well, why does he keep going up and telling Troy? Troy, like, sure, he told Troy that legs were going to break, but Wasn't there it's just his a, Yeah, how many scenes are going to be them talking about the same thing, the same issue? We know what's going on. Show us some jokes. The Lorenzo Lamas joke was kind of funny where he was trying to explain why. I don't know who Lorenzo why. Lamas is. He is an actor from the 80s. What was he in? I don't know. Stuff my mom watched. And Troy's bit, even, like, where he's, like, trying to convince Vinny that there was a movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and Lorenzo Lamas, even that bit is kind of half-assed, both in the way it's written and in the way that Donald says it. It, Mm -hmm. It's just not funny, unfortunately. And all this episode needed to be successful was be really, really funny, because usually, I don't know, there's so many community episodes that are, like really funny and then there's just a little inkling of drama or heart that goes so much further because it came from an episode that was so funny yeah all this episode needed was to be really really funny and then kind of end with a dark abed moment and it would have been fine but it just feels like they were way more committed to the visual joke of them all dressed up like people than actually having much of a story around it or a reason around it totally And now we're to Jeff at the bar mitzvah, and everything about him at this point on is pretty annoying. In mm-hmm. the beginning, I kind of give it the benefit of the doubt because I like the, I like the traction that it's on of Jeff just getting more and more conflated ego. But they don't do enough with it at the end for it to have built to something satisfying. And this group of older women that follows him around for the episode, I thought was so. Bad, something out of like a Chuck Lorre two and a half men kind of show where these yeah. women are literally just like these cougar character stereotypes that Jeff, they're not people. They're literally just there to be attracted to Jeff. And when there's like eight girls like around him, like fawning, it, it just. Have you seen Van Helsing? I don't think so. The movie? No. From the early 2000s? No. Uh, well, in it, Dracula has like these three like vampire girls that are like on him like doing this for like an extended period of time and that's literally and that's what, what this, this looks like yeah i do like joel's facial expressions because he looks so uh uh disconnected from everything and i think that's kind of funny but the, the, those women literally are like npcs in this episode mm-hmm. it's like they're there but they're not really there and it, it's just weird now we get the little bit with Chang, and he's got Phobie behind him. I think that's a pretty lame reference, even though it's a thoughtful way to set up that they're going to use this guy as a fake Dean later. And I like Chang being in charge of kids, showing them his Skull Crusher 2000, getting them to like kind of start a cult around him eventually, but I like how they're setting this up. But this episode here in a second does a bit that feels like those, ep- those bits last week that didn't quite work. This thought bubble thing, 
I like seeing into Chang's head, and I know that they had to give him a reason to put together what he's putting together, but it just feels a lot more like uh, telling us rather than showing us. Yeah, and I think it's telling way too much about where the season's going to. Sure. There is something that I find so, so funny about Chang putting together a child army. Yeah. That aspect of it, I think, is so funny, so bizarre, and it's very, very Chang. Now what are we going to say? We get Jeff dancing Jeff with dances. Woman. His ego is taking over. Now he's going to Britta to say that Britta needs to do something because he's not in control of his ego. It, I can critically uh, analyze his, his role in the dip that he did because I teach that to wedding couples. on. A- how do you do? Because I think it's been clear that... Joel can kind of move, but he is a little awkward when they need him to dance. The rolling was nice. He caught her and supported her before dipping her, but he leaned over when he dipped her, which is a big no-no for me because that puts you at risk of falling down. So he put a necessary strain on his lower back. Take care of your body, Joel. It's a temple. I'm sure Joel's tall enough that he could still be a pretty good center of gravity. Mm. Well, your center of gravity is worse if you're tall. It's better if you're a short guy. Oh, I guess you're a tall If you're tall, you, 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 you tumble like a tree. How tall are you, Steven? I'm like 6'1". Are you like 6'1"? I think Joel might be... He's taller than me. Yeah, but I think he might be like pushing 6'5". I think so. He's a, he's a, he's a real tall guy. He's a tall man. Mm-hmm. Britta, takes, Britta says a couple of things to take Jeff down a peg. It doesn't really work uh, because everyone is being pulled in these different uh, directions and none of them right now i can't think of really anything that's going on in the episode that really calls out to me other than maybe the chang stuff a little bit it's just at this point i'm already ready for it to move on what are these women are they all gonna like jeff like at this kids bar mitzvah like i know i know what (laughs) don't aren't there kids there the award show begins i really do like jeff's moment of there's awards because uh, uh, that's kind of what I'm like in situations too. I went to <laughs> community theater awards night not that long ago. I didn't really think about the possibility of winning an award, but as soon as it was presented to me that I could possibly win an award, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, now I'll be there. Like I'm oh, invested. An award. Um, yeah. Now it's about me. So I, I I can relate to Jeff and his ego in that part. But uh, it's kind of funny that it's just a cavalcade of celebrities that the teenager would kind of know or, or not really know. But yeah. it's not funny enough to, uh, to, to overlook the fact that it's a bunch of celebrities that this teenager wouldn't know. So why are they at this teenager? Did you tell me this kid's seen a league of their own? And was like, oh, I really want Gina Davis, but yeah. specifically from a league of their own. Now, Gina Davis is a hottie. Don't get me wrong. It is funny that Jeff has gone to the point that he is literally uh, uh, jealous and competitive with this kid who's clearly winning all the awards because it's his f***ing bar mitzvah. And Jeff, every award is like, maybe this is the one. Especially (laughs) when he hears about the award for most handsome young man. These moments with Jeff are really, really funny. But we're getting so close to what really sends this episode over the edge of going from being mild to medium uninteresting to being mild to medium offensive (laughs) yeah it's no bueno oprah gets to give away the last award it's for most handsome young man i do like that they cut to little pictures on top of it of of howie is that his name yeah and of jeff like 
crossing their fingers. I hope I win the award. There's and literally how he wins the award. There's a film reel of Howie's face behind Shirley, and then it says Howie Wood on yeah. the. <laughs> and then this is just okay. So I I like that you were able to find. Obviously, it's Hulk references, mm-hmm. and I like that you were able to get the piano reference, and that that was a cool thing for a Hulk fan. But this community. What does Jeff hulking out really have to do with what's going on with this character in this episode? Nothing. Community never copies a TV show or a movie unless it's to say something that the characters would have said anyway. I just feel like this is so unrealistic. The way that Jeff acts is so embarrassing, even to the point of like Annie's freak out earlier this season. It's an equally yeah, embarrassing, just as bad, more so embar- worse because of the way that he sexually assault surely mm-hmm. he rips off his shirt the one thing that makes me funny is when he rips off his shirt the shot of annie being shocked and then yeah checking him out that was pretty funny and they just had the right amount of footage of, of it but jeff is out of control and he grabs Shirley and kisses her and that is so she bad, got married last so episode inappropriate that is so inappropriate and it's not something that is ever mentioned again in the entire series that no is so it's bad so bad and then the fact that the audience is like turning on him and Shirley is and he says you wanted it and then you yeah that's bad and Shirley runs away like crying that's terrible and because it's a a sitcom they choose the route of wrapping it up in a sentence or two in a couple minutes and they truly do and that pissed me off too because that was awful bad it's bad this undoes Jeff's so much good work they've done with Jeff's character and makes him I think worse and more deplorable than he's ever been in the series. This and is this is the worst Jeff. thing Jeff has done. Yeah. We used to hate Jeff and then it's true. I turned around to liking Jeff and giving him some MVPs but mm-hmm. this is terrible. He's throwing children the Shirtless. visual of him knocking two kids together is <laughs> kind of funny. funny, but you know what I mean. If you th- if you care yeah. at all about any of these characters, and He's I a think grown man. the community writers have given us so much good content for each character that it's clear that they care a lot about the characters, then how the f*** do they think that stuff like this is going to slide? Chang I do love when Chang, when like... he goes to tranquilize <laughs> Jeff... His, Again, his handwork, he, like, puts his fingers out in a certain way to stable his gun with uh, his other hand. I don't know. It's just really funny the way he acts it. And he shoots Jeff with a tranquilizer in the butt. And Jeff, like, growls and makes animal noises as he as he saunters out of the room and will eventually fall asleep, like, on the side of the road. Jesus Christ. Uh, Troy it looks like he's in trouble because Vinny's mad. But then they kind of get out of it. This is kind of funny. I mm-hmm. guess? The kid was just excited that the Incredible Hulk was there, and the dad uh, gets to feel like the rock star, which is what he wanted. He wanted to feel like a rock star for his kid. I thought the dad that we see for a second here, he caught my eye for some reason. He looks like Daniel Radcliffe as old Harry Potter in the last Harry Potter movie. Does he not? He really does. That's funny. (laughs) And I like when Vinny, uh, like, shotgun, you know, like... (laughs) clicks his teeth back at the guy like okay we did this and troy just a really awkward like shimmy because he's uncomfortable but wants to react to i thought that was zach i like that you referred to finger guns as shotgun teeth (laughs) click 
<laughs> you know. I, I knew halfway through it that I couldn't say the right thing, but I was talking about it already, and I had that to was say great. something. That was great. Oh, man. Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> uh, so they kind of get out of trouble, which is ridiculous. Jeff should be arrested. Yeah, and now everything's <laughs> the fine. The Detroit dance is off. And Pierce gets his little minute of rebuttal. It's so clear, I think, that they shot all of Pierce's stuff either at the beginning of the day or mm-hmm. on a totally different day entirely. You don't see any of the other study group members in the scenes. Uh, I can't help but feel a little bit bad for Chevy. They call him fat so many times in this episode. And, I and I'm sure that hurts Chevy. Chevy's feeling. fat. He's no. not in, in shape like he was in his 20s and 30s. and But he's 40s, like but in the shape that an old man through, should be. He's gone through a lot. He's he's done a lot of drugs. He looks fine. He looks like an old man. Well, and he's a tall guy, so he's got a larger frame. Like, it's not yeah. like he was super skinny. Yeah. He was pretty skinny, like, in the 70s. But he was doing uh, a shit ton of cocaine. That's a, a lot of cocaine. <laughs> Pierce gets to have a small moment of dignity, which I guess is nice that even that gets a thread pulled up. Like, Pierce is pretty inoffensive. I like whenever we... Like, the Pierce stuff is some of the better stuff in this episode. Yeah, somehow. he didn't bother me at all. Now, that's not a good thing. No. Okay, so now it's after the party. Uh, Troy shows up, sees that Abed is on a chair with a cast on, uh, thinks that they broke his legs anyway. But it's not. Abed is still just as deep into this. He's got a Robin Williams here to both patch Adams with Abed and then Popeye with Abed. Uh, I like the Robin Williams impersonator guy. That's pretty funny. He's really pretty good at the Patch Adams voice. This is by far the most unlikable Abed has ever been. Mm -hmm. This is pretty bad. It's so annoying his friends did a lot and went through a lot to to keep his thing going, and he didn't really thank anyone. He didn't learn a lesson from it. It's pretty disappointing. And this is, like, immediately after getting back from the bar mitzvah. Yeah. Yeah, Troy was still in his costume. He had this. He was planning this while he was there, probably. Or mm-hmm. Had it planned already. Troy's really frustrated, so he storms off to go to the blanket fort, but when he opens the blanket fort, there's, like, four other impersonators. Yeah, like, Get out, and bad. one by one they walk out. That's not a very good joke. I don't even know who a couple of those are supposed to be. I don't really either. I think the one... I, I only the, know the last two, Julia Roberts. I think the Roberts one is supposed to be Pretty Woman, and then it's yeah, Tom, Cruise, Tom Cruise, obviously. I don't know who the first two are supposed to be, so educate us if you know. But yeah, I don't I remember what the lobster thing is. I didn't think that was a funny bit. I feel like we had seen way too much of the celebrity impersonators that we didn't need to see more in the last couple episode or the last couple yeah. minutes of the episode. But after that, we get uh, the most seriously treated scene between Troy and Abed that we've had before. Mm-hmm. And even though this this brings up a lot of, I think they were trying to do something, and I don't think they did it. And because of that, I think a lot of the scene both feels really flat and makes the characters feel really emotionally stunted. I I really think in a lot of ways they talk and act like children in this. And I I don't like it very much for them. Here's what I'll say, though. I think that this was a more realistic conversation than the two of them actually having an emotional, like talk about how they're feeling and how to go forward. I think this was Troy's best try. And I think Abed, I am discounting his part of it because they just have him so out of character here. Yeah, he leaves to go. I don't like the way that they say things like, 
I'm going to go play Inspector Space Time in the Dreamatorium. Yeah. I I don't I feel like I can buy that they do that together, but it's kind of like Frank and Charlie playing Nightcrawlers on its always. Yeah, you just do it. You don't have to like. You, the more that it becomes like a real thing that we, I, it just feels a little hokey to me. Mm-hmm. But Abed goes off on his own and doesn't pick up that Troy is actually upset and trying to say something to Abed. So Troy actually calls him back, which I think is good. It'd be easier just to just to mm-hmm. let him go. Uh, and Troy says what he needs to say that he is mad at Abed which is hard for Abed to hear because they're always so honest with each other. I think Abed can usually just trust that that they yeah. that they are honest with each other and that he doesn't have to worry about that with Troy. But uh, uh Troy explains to Abed what he's feeling and uh he explains that Abed has been kind of immature in that Troy feels like he he needs to be someone every now and then that can step in and tell Abed when he's going too far. What do you think? Do you think Troy obviously Troy is in the right, but do you think it's right for yeah. him to say I need to take some control over you if we're I gonna think be so. friends? I think that it's clear that at this moment Abed is not living in the real world enough to know that he was theoretically in some sort of danger. And he has to grow up sometimes and realize that his actions have consequences, which Abed always knew before this. That's what is frustrating is like Abed has demonstrated that he's like, oh, I've done something bad. Let me pay attention to how this affects people. Like that's happened before where he's made a mature decision to stop whatever thing he had going on to help his friends. And in this Troy's telling him, Abed, you can't do this. Has he fallen the most into it and been the most, uh, uh, inconsiderate to the people around him. It's also like the silliest, stupidest thing to get so deep into that you yeah. can't see outside of it. Well, and when he's like, you know, Troy's like, I don't want to be someone who tells you what to do. He's like, then don't be. Abed's like, well, then just let me do what I want. And Abed, you can't do that. And I, and I don't know. I, get it's just the, I do get that that's kind of how Abed's brain works. Yeah. If Troy's like, well, I don't want to do this, Abed says, well, then don't because he doesn't see a problem. But he needs to be able to trust, have someone in his life that he can trust mm-hmm. to tell him when there is a problem that he's not able to see. But I guess in Abed's head, if he can't see that it's a problem, how is it a problem? I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting, but I don't, and I don't think the show says anything firmly or does enough character work with Abed in this episode for me to, at the end of it, say that they pulled off that interesting conflict. No. It, it's just like them kind of dangling it in front of us, like, this is an interesting conflict and we're almost going to give it to you, but mm-hmm. instead we're going to take it in a way weirder direction. They agree to kind of disagree and agree to be still best friends, and and Abed says he'll do what Troy says, but it's clear that Abed hasn't really learned or changed or acknowledged much of anything. Uh, but Abed says he wants to go play by himself, and I think what that's implying is that he hasn't really agreed with Troy. He said that he's agreed, but he now I think kind of feels like he can't trust Troy or let Troy in the way that he thought he could. It does break my heart when Troy like goes up to do the handshake and Abed walks away. That that hurts me. I think it's a little hokey, but I get it. It makes me sad because Troy is sad. I get it. I get it. I just think it's a, a scene that in another episode or in a better thought out conflict could make you cry. But sure. instead this one, I was asking way too many questions about why people are doing the things that they're doing, that mm-hmm. it didn't do much for me. Speaking of things that don't do much for me, Jeff is literally passed out on the street and Britta comes to pick him up after a couple people leaving the, leaving the bar mitzvah, like yell at him as they drive past and, 
and I don't know. I I also feel like Jeff. You're a mashugana. Jeff kind of yeah. I feel like Jeff kind of learns a lesson, or at least gets to feel embarrassed. But again it does not justify the setup whatsoever. He doesn't learn really that his behavior was so reprehensible. Uh, He just gets taken down a peg, which they could have done in a better way, or if they were going to do it in the way that they did it, there needed to be a better culmination of it. Uh, And Britta should be chastising him, not saying this means you're getting better. Yeah. Uh, I also think that maybe Britta shouldn't just be like, yeah, stop taking your prescribed... Anti-anxiety yeah, medicine. <laughs> that's also very, very true. Uh, but it, again, it's like the last couple minutes of the episode, so they wrap it up really quickly. To, and, and this is something that's... I feel like this ending now, it cuts pretty abruptly to the ending mm-hmm. with Abed. I feel like this is the most ever that Community has wanted to do something that leaves us feeling somber at the end of the episode, that leaves Mm -hmm. us feeling worried, that leaves us feeling sad, because Abed is diving so deep into his imagination and into his head and shoving everyone else away. Yeah. Uh, uh, But I don't like the way that they do it that much. Me neither. the, The reappearance of the darkest timeline... I, I get it that the darkest timeline is something that Abed built in his head out of remedial chaos theory to kind of channel all of his negative feelings as a way yeah. to portray them. And I get that uh, I get that they could justify then that evil Abed is like Abed's personification of the darker side of him. So for him to meet with him and the darker side takes over. Mm-hmm. That's all fine. I just know that later on in the series, they literally make the the darkest timeline in a way something that's physical. And yeah. I don't like that. And I don't like this scene. I don't think it makes me feel the sad feelings I'm supposed to. It just makes me confused and kind of cringe a little bit. I would have much preferred that instead of doing this, that they had Troy come into the spaceship with him and that they made up there. That to me works this no i don't know i'm okay with what they're trying to do because they're trying to leave us like mm-hmm, no sure. not everything is just wrapped up at the end of the episode these people are at an impasse for right now and that's okay i don't know exact i don't think this scene not working for me is exactly the fault of the episode because it's kind of removed from it mm-hmm. I, I don't know there's just something missing to give it for me the punch that it's trying to and i especially despise with, okay, so I, the thing that I like in this scene is when Abed says to evil Abed, are you real? And uh, evil Abed says, are you? And then Abed's line, this is too inaccessible and maybe too dark, but Abed's mind comforts him and says, not for us. This makes yeah. sense for us so we can stay in this. I think that's almost slightly profound, but I f- hate Abed saying cool, 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 and the evil one hot, saying hot, hot, hot. hot. Yeah, And then that's the way the episode ends. And what a disjointed mess of an episode. You mm-hmm. might say you like this one better than last week's. This one has some hilarious moments, but boy, is it confusing. Is it confounding? Is it messy? Is it disconnected? And doesn't it leave you with a pretty sour taste in your mouth despite the hilarious moments? This, I would still say, for me so far, is the worst episode of Community we have talked about. Wow. I wouldn't go that far for me. I still hate 
a very specific episode in season one, but that's fine. We'll move past it. The season finale? No. What episode? Oh, sure. But again, that one, like, this one feels like it's taking big emotional swings in a way that community doesn't. Yeah. It falls so hard and flat for me that it makes it more offensive than the episodes that have some annoying jokes. I think that I dislike this episode, and I dislike the episode that we did last time, but I think that this episode is a stronger first half than the one we watched last time. I agree. The first half is pretty funny. But the second half is, it is so dog, hard though. in the second yeah. half that it, yeah, again, like I said last week, I can't really, I can't think of a reason that I would ever w- watch this episode again unless I was rewatching the whole show. It doesn't even have the Troy and Abed being normal that really makes me laugh. It has a couple True. of funny jokes, but it's not worth watching just for the Dean's reaction to Jeff's aviators. Uh, and that's pretty much the only thing <laughs> about this episode. The end tag is kind of funny. I like how much time we spend on all of the buttons Bottle that I caps. assume <laughs> yeah. that Chang's just found and built his military adornment as he's literally building a cult around himself where the followers are all children. And the reveal after so many establishing shots of Chang saluting with the Greendale flag behind him, it's then revealed that this army that he's built up, it's not like him on a North Korean stage and then there's tens of thousands of people shouting his name. (laughs) It's six kids. Yeah. And that's a joke that I think is hilarious. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad at least it ends on that instead of the rest of this episode. But even then, I know that this storyline originally annoyed me a lot. Mm-hmm. So I hope that it goes on to be funnier than I remember it being, because that was pretty funny. Yeah, I really hope so, because I like that ending. Even when he's, like, egging them on with his hands, like he's conducting an orchestra of seven yeah. children. Yeah, that's the end of the episode, and we got to talk MVP. A second week in a row where we've got to decide that in an episode that falls flat, mm-hmm. who looks the prettiest coming out the other end? I'm going to give honorable mentions to Chang. And only Chang. <laughs> and then my MVP this week is Troy. I think Troy, I've mentioned it throughout the episode. I think he gives a good performance. I think he was funny in it. And I think that he showed a lot of maturity. And I love mature Troy. I'm torn. I was prepared to give it to Chang, which is sad because he is really funny in this episode. But he's such a small part of it for that to be the thing mm-hmm. that I took away the most. I have a couple of reasons why I'm not sure about giving it to Troy because the emotional resonance, even though I like what they do on Troy's part, it doesn't end up ringing out in a way that makes me feel great about it at the end. Sure. And there are some of the jokes in the in the the bar mitzvah part with Troy that I don't feel like are as hard committed the way that a lot of his bits are. Okay. Uh, to where I think maybe then, yeah, I think I talked myself into f***ing giving it to Chang. Why not? I like Chang in this episode. Yeah, Chang was great. His physical demeanor is really funny. Uh, The way that he's clearly going through something and there's no way to know what it is or what's going to happen because of it, I think is pulled off pretty well and it's pretty funny. And Ken Jong commits, so I'll I'll give him the MVP. And that's the end of this episode. I want to give one more little mention. Yeah, let's hear it. Because two weeks in a row she's had solid episodes, not MVP worthy, but solid Britta. I agree. I don't think this one's as solid as last week. I don't no. think I would have given her honorable mention, but you're right. I think Britta has been really funny in season three and mm-hmm. not yet crapped on to the point of being annoying, even though it did get close in the Christmas episode. Yeah. Let's talk about what's coming up. That's the end of this week. We made it. We've made it through what I think is a slump that is not going to continue throughout season three, but it has sure been a not. 
along with the hills and valleys, this is like the lowest valley of the season so far, mm-hmm. and it's disappointing to see. Yeah, I was really hoping the low point would be the the beginning of the season, and it would just kind of ramp up because we yeah. were on that trajectory, but it kind of dipped down pretty well, heavily. It's the, the last OG Dan Harmon season that was a full season that has all of the cast members, so I yeah. want them to just take advantage of every episode that they have with all of these people and the cast is on fire but man you can just i i've said it before talking about season three it feels like the anxieties of the outside world are affecting the content in the show mm-hmm. to me and that's totally. where we'll leave it what are we talking about next week uh next week if it was aired in production order would have been shirley's wedding but that already happened so next week we're talking about episode 13 digital exploration of interior design that is the subway episode where britta falls in love with a man named subway as subway takes over the school of greendale i remember liking that episode quite a bit and Mm -hmm. also uh dean laybourne will be returning in next week's episode and it's also the The setup setup for pillows and blankets which also doesn't quite make sense with the continuity if the episodes got shuffled around because it would make sense for pillows and blankets to come right after that, and it does. Yeah. Well, it's just because this week should have been episode one. Mm-hmm. Can, the impression should have been episode one of the second half, and then the wedding, and then Subway, and then pillows and blankets. I don't know. It's a it's a mess. Season three needs to. But get also, it doesn't together. make that much sense for the wedding to be after that because Troy and Abed are totally fine in that episode. There's no. Hmm. You're right. So that doesn't make sense either. You're right. The episode should have aired simultaneously. It. Yes. It, but the show's kind of in a time vacuum just the way that our podcast is in a time vacuum right now. Yeah. So I guess it's fitting. <laughs> next week, the podcast will be back. And this will be, I think next week, the podcast will come out on the day that we're leaving for our trip. But we still have like three more podcasts to record before our trip so it's gonna be so. this time vacuum for a while but I, I think it's been a good run of shows for us honestly yeah, i've been having fun next week we'll look forward to talking to digital exploration of interior design since we're in this time vacuum if you want to stay up to date with us on sending us in trivia episode mvps and favorite funny moments to can disappoint podcast at gmail.com we always a day before we need them put out a shout out uh, a call out for them on Twitter at you can't disappod. So follow us there to make sure you get all the information to be a part of the show if you would so like to do that. And also make sure that if you like what we do here and you want to support us further, uh, to, to throw us a couple bucks on Instagram. Huh, I was about to say Instagram. Throw us a couple <laughs> bucks on Patreon at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. For as little as $5, you can get all of our hours and hours of, of, of Patreon exclusive content that is being added to every week. You get early access of the show. You get opportunities to hang out with me and Steven all the time. And we're talking about new stuff all the time. So it's a good time to subscribe, especially now that it's the beginning of September. It is a great time to subscribe because they will charge you at the first of the month next month, no matter when you sign up the month before. So hop on board. Uh, Another good time, a reason to sign up is that I think Steven and I are going to be doing some content while we are on our trip, I think we're going to bring the oh, patrons yeah. along with us in some ways. I think we're going to do an, a live episode of You Can't Dis pre-show, perhaps, from one of the Disney theme parks in Orlando. I think that'll be really, really fun. So if that's something you want to see, subscribe to our Patreon. Steven, I briefly mentioned the Twitter, but where else can people find us? Um, you know, not only are we on Twitter at You Can't Dis a Pod, but we're on Instagram under the name can't disappoint podcast and if you want to give us money on instagram you can do that too yeah sure find a way 
And then we're also on Facebook and YouTube as You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Good job, buddy. Thank you. Steven, as always, I love talking about community with you. I have just as much fun talking about the episodes that, uh, that, that, that we don't like as I do the ones that we do. And I love talking about it with you when we have to do a bunch in the same time frame, just as much as I love it when it's once a week that I really get to look forward to. I think this episode we just recorded was some of the most fun I've had in oh, yeah. the last month or two of doing the show. So that's pretty cool. Well, thanks. I I do what I can to keep a keep a smile in your toes. My toes always smile when you're around. From inside the Dreamatorium, Black Lives Matter. Get vaccinated. JLC gang for life. I'm Zach. I'm Steven. And we will see you next week. We love you so dearly. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Is this a song, or are you making this up? Um, well, Prince says, like, in one song, he's like, Dearly Beloved. It's, like, in Purple Rain, or something from Purple Rain. I don't remember which song. I'll play Purple Rain anyway. There we go. Bye, guys. Bye.